San Diego has become the center of the pop culture galaxy as Comic-Con enters its main act this weekend. As this convention has grown beyond the convention center, a familiar criticism is often made. Shouldn't Comic-Con be about the comics? Despite much of the focus on movies and TV, deep down, Comic-Con is about the comics. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Peter Rowe, you're one of the many reporters who are out there covering Comic-Con as it takes over San Diego this weekend. So there's always this lingering question. How much of Comic-Con is really about the comics? Right. And if you talk to some people, they'll say, hey, it's not about comics anymore at all. It's all about the movies. It's all about TV. But if you talk to the folks who are super into comics, and I'm talking about adult collectors of comic books, they'll say, hey, hold on a second. This is still the number one place to come if you're interested in buying or selling comics. It's a, it's a huge marketplace for comic books, especially used comic books from the golden age, which is like 1938 into the mid-1950s. So does Comic-Con have an estimate or a guess as to how much value of comics is on the floor in a giant convention center? At any one time? I mean, it's priceless. I mean, you could not put a price on it. So... Um, I went to the booth for Southern California Comics, which is a a San Diego shop, um, and asked him, you know, first of all, how many comics did you bring? And the figure was something like, it was like 30,000 copies. Mm -hmm. And he increasingly is moving towards the higher end books. So, you know, 30,000 and let's say the average price is 100 bucks. I mean, that's right there. $3 $3 million, uh, and that's just one dealer. Um, so you've got some dealers who, who specialize in very high-end. Uh, there's a $1.2 million um, Spider-Man comic. It's actually, I think, amazing fantasy, and it's the first appearance of Spider-Man. He's there on the cover, uh, and that one's going for $1.2 million. But it's not um, unusual to see items selling for 10000 or 50000 or 100000 or more. Um, you, you wander into these areas and you just, you're kind of gobsmacked mm-hmm. by the amount of money that's changing hands. And I had a dozen San Diego houses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You see people pulling out wads of $100 bills and just leafing out 10 or 20 and pulling them out, and boom, there they go. And there's this myth that if you have a collectible, it's going to be worth an unknown amount of money in years. In my generation, it was Beanie Babies and Pokemon cards. What are the things that make comic books truly worth it in the future? Well, the short answer is popularity. Uh, They have to maintain a certain amount of popularity. One of the things that's that's making the comic books more and more valuable is, and this is somewhat ironic given how so many folks complain that comics have been shoved aside at Comic-Con by the movies, but the movies, the movies themselves, their popularity is uh, stirring interest in the characters and the books. And so, you know, one of the dealers is telling me, hey, he's got two kids. 
the kids everything they have at home, you know, from their toothbrushes to their their uh, bedding uh, is themed, you know, mm-hmm. it's Batman or Spider-Man. And he expects when they grow up uh, that they'll be want, wanting to buy and read and perhaps collect comic books. So as Comic-Con has grown to be so much more than comics, is there any tension between the people who have been selling and buying comics for years and like the Hall H Bonanza with, you know, HBO, AMC, Marvel, whatever? Yeah, it depends on who you ask. Um, I talked to one dealer who who was very upset and felt like the dealers get less and less space over the years. I haven't been able to quantify that. And when I walk down there, there's kind of a certain area where the dealers all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still dozens, dozens of dealers down there. Um, so for me, as a casual fan, there, there appears to be no shortage. Uh, what they say is, though, hey we're getting pushed into smaller and smaller spaces while toys or movies or TV is expanding. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. And then then you talk to some of the collectors and they say, you know, this is still the top market in the United States that, you know, I had one collector and this guy, this guy owns the, uh, the Guinness world record for the the most individual comic books wow. uh, in, in a collection uh, and he says uh, you know this this show is better than the next four shows combined so you mentioned that individual locally with their history with uh, comic books and comic-con what are some of those local collections like well we have one of the maybe one of the best collections in the world uh, in San Diego is a fellow named Mark Glassy. Uh, he has a Ph.D. in um, biochemistry. He's a, he's a cancer researcher. He's at the Moore's Cancer Center. And he has um, every uh, copy of Action Comics. Now, if wow. you know Action Comics, Action Number 1 is the – it's kind of like the – I don't know what you would say. It's the, it's the Honus Wagner, uh, you know, baseball card. This is the Honus Wagner of comic books. It's Superman's first appearance. It's been auctioned off numerous times, over a million dollars. Well, Mark has uh, number one. He's got two, three, four, five, you know, just on down the line. And often at Comic-Con, dealers will ask uh, if Mark will loan some of his more priceless comic books so they can put them on display because they're pristine. He, he keeps them in, in perfect condition. Uh, now he, I pushed him and asked if he would put a value on his, his collection and he said everything and he doesn't just collect comics. He collects pop culture of all types. He has first editions of H.P. Lovecraft books. He's got H.G. Wells. He's got you know all kinds of science fiction. He said $100 million. Wow. Uh, and he will be donating all of that to his alma mater, which happens to be UC Riverside. So they are they're getting ready uh, in that library to have kind of a, a Mark Glassy wing. Yeah, certainly. And what does one have to do to make sure those comics stay in pristine condition? Well, a lot of folks will send the comics out to a company, which then puts them in these uh, you know kind of plexiglass um, coverings. You know, mm-hmm. They're airtight. Uh, they're sealed, 
and they're graded. They get graded by the company as well. And the grading goes anywhere from, uh, I think, fair to mint. Uh, and it's a, it's, a numbered, it's a numbered grading as well. Uh, so you'll see some, some books that are like 3.5. Um, 10 is supposed to be perfect. I, I don't think I've ever seen a 10, but a 9.7, 8, 9, those are extremely good condition. It's like they just, you know, were just printed. Um, so if you see that, um, then that's, uh, that's a, a sign that the book will be very valuable. Um, so what's the most common kind of form of damage? Is it like light, sir? Yeah, well, I mean, paper, of course, uh, especially that cheap paper that comic books are printed on, susceptible to light. They're susceptible to heat. I had one dealer tell me, he said, that the collections you find in California, especially in Southern California, uh, tend to be uh, very brittle because they've been dried out because the air doesn't have Mm -hmm. enough moisture in it. On the other hand, uh, if you have an East Coast collection that's been kept in the basement, uh, maybe it's moldy, you know, too much moisture. There's a fine point there at which you have a perfect amount of moisture for the paper. So that's one thing. Of course, light uh, will fade the colors uh, in the books. Um, And, of course, I mean, most... Just speaking from personal experience and watching my own kids with comic books... um, they're not treated really well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's nothing to, to tear a page or rip off a cover. Uh, it's just a comic book. And, uh, and generally, when you buy them, they're not that expensive. So, um, so that's something to watch out for, too, if you're a collector, is to treat them with, with more respect than most of us do. So what's the future of comic, book and, comic books and comic book collecting like? Is there a sort of Uber of comic books coming along at some point? I don't know if there's an Uber of comics coming along. I mean, what's what's happened is is that there's more direct selling. Uh, there's more, of course, online. If you go on eBay, you see um, you see comic books being sell sold. Um, there are plenty of, of virtual marketplaces. One of the dealers that I talked to uh, doesn't have a brick and mortar shop. He's strictly online. He's up in Carlsbad, uh, but still. I mean, even without the brick-and-mortar shop, he has to store his comics somewhere, and he has to send them to you somehow. So uh, there's still a lot of logistics involved. And uh, do you have a sense that the hobby is still alive, like the next generation? Well, that's an interesting question because the folks I was talking to, they were all in their 40s or older. But maybe that's what you would expect because these, again, are folks who are spending anywhere from $50,000 to, you know, close to a million dollars at a single show. That's not something most teenagers or young professionals can do. And with the kind of downsizing and Marie Kendo, you know, way of living right now, having a lot of stuff just sitting around is kind of against the millennial zeitgeist. I suppose it is, and uh, some of the folks um, keep their their collections in uh, in storage units. Um, I know Mark Glassy, the the uh, cancer researcher I was talking about, his most valuable pieces are in bank vaults. 
Uh, so it's not like they're just lying around at home. Uh, but again, I mean, that, that kind of gets to that whole yin-yang of this. Mm-hmm. It's the comic books are produced for readers and to be enjoyed. Um, so when you, <laughs> when you just buy them and then lock them up, uh, you kind of wonder about, you know, if that's the right thing to do. But, but you know, and there are folks who try to have it both ways. Um, I met a, uh, a harbor, uh, harbor patrol corporal, he was, uh, who's been collecting comics for about 30 years. And, and he reads them. He says they're not in mint condition. But still, he hopes uh, at some point to be able to use them to pay for his children's college uh, expenses. Well, at least it's going to a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of hard to argue with that, right? Certainly. I mean, it's it was really interesting to me what a vibrant, uh, very active market this is. It's a real fast-moving bazaar where people are are trying to, you know, outbid each other and and land that uh, that pristine co- copy of Action Number One. All right, Peter Rowe. Thank you so much. My pleasure. In other news, Comic-Con will continue throughout the weekend. Tomorrow, Marvel Studios will return to Hall H after a conspicuous absence last year. Expect some news about what's happening after Avengers Endgame. Other headlining events Saturday are a panel on Star Trek Universe, Snowpiercer, and Arrow. Saturday tends to be one of the bigger days, so if you're lucky, you might see a celebrity. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m., Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and reporters throughout the newsroom. You can support our journalism by signing up for any or all of our print and digital products at uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.